Welcome to Nerdables episode 150. This week, we uh, have nothing to talk about, so Chris, <laughs> Sebastian, Ethan, and I are going to sit here and give you dead air the whole week. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? No. Um, so this is the actual premiere of the Ethan and Mikey show. Yeah, this is this is the the the, the lead-in for we, that show. We've been talking about this for years now. To come, so um, we've broken Travis's streak. For, for, yeah. Well, because we had to record on Sunday. See, when we record on Saturdays, Sebastian can't come, and when we record on Sundays, Travis can't come. But almost everybody seems to come on Mondays, and yet we don't record on Mondays. I think it's odd. I don't think tra- I thought Travis couldn't record on Mondays anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he couldn't. He had to be home with the wife. That was the whole okay. reason why well, we changed it again. All of us have different things that we have to do. Well, we had the Jack Kirby weekend this weekend. Yes. Jack Kirby's birthday. That yes. was. Celebrating Jack Kirby's birthday. Lots of uh, comic book stores. And, Earth and 2 did a big event Earth for Jack. Earth 2 did an event. Been yeah, doing really fun events. The, well, uh, our Sherman Oaks location did a special edition of their Scrawl uh, art class today. And we've been taking donations all week. They teaching kids how to do the Kirby Crackle. I believe so. And Kirby yeah, Dots. I think I think Lewis is teaching nice. that. Um, yeah, we've been taking. We've had items that we're uh, you know for monetary donations we're giving out, and then we have sales and stuff like that, and we'll match a lot of that type of stuff, and it all goes to the Hero Initiative because um, there's an official now. You know, we've always we've done it for Kirby's birthday no matter what, but there's now uh, Kirby for Heroes. Um, there's hashtag for it. Kirby the number four heroes as well uh, that are officially. That's like the official Kirby celebration that goes to the Hero Initiative, which is the great charity that helps out creators, both past and present, with um, bills and, and, and medical stuff like that, because a lot of guys as freelancers, you don't have health insurance, um, even with the new healthcare system all of these guys still can't afford, mm-hmm. right. what's considered affordable yeah, care. groceries and stuff, yeah, especially at their old age. If you know anything about yeah, the Hero Initiative the did... Um, uh, for, uh, I think it was Herb Trimpey, where they were driving him back and forth to his... His doctor's appointments because yeah. he couldn't, he didn't have a vehicle. Anymore. Right. It's, if you know the history of comics, especially a lot of that work for hire, there was no pensions, there was no four hundred one k's, retirements. Mm-hmm. Literally, and working. they don't own the stuff that they did for Marvel and DC. Um, I know DC has some stuff in place, but that came a lot later. DC in stuff 70s and in 80s. the the eighties and nineties when Archie Goodwin and Denny O'Neill there were there. The uh, they kind of restructured the contracts. Um, I've always talked about when they made the third uh, Christopher Nolan Batman film because Bane was in it and. Chuck Dixon um, was the writer who helped create Bane, and so he owns a very small part of it in terms of in terms of royalties, in terms of what he gets. He has no control over the character. But he, he has, yeah, the but whatever he has they do with the yeah, character. And he said the third movie, he was able to pay off his house. Yeah, you know, like well, we're going to use Bane. Here's a check for X amount of dollars is what he's owed um, just for even using him before the the box office returns and stuff came in. Right, so and there's been thing. some issues with some of that over the years but in the end it tends to be pretty solid I think the last time they ever had any sort of mishap they introduced Killer Frost onto maybe The Flash Yeah. DC decided they didn't want to give royalties Mm -hmm. to either uh, Jerry Conway or Sterling Gates because it was a mishmash of both versions of the characters yeah right yeah yeah the the super villain that would come is like Sterling's version, and then the but the, the other the alter ego is Jerry Conway's version. version. So like, it's not the same. It's, yeah, they're not the same. So yeah, DC has had too many problems. No, unlike, no, unlike DC, that's uh, you know they've had people that come on and basically screwed Jim Starlin out of anything for Thanos. Yeah, for Marvel. I'm sorry. Yeah, Marvel's had those problems more than anything else. Which of course the famous start, but where this started was uh, the Jim Shooter versus Jack Kirby and Frank Miller. Frank right. Miller wanted Marvel to return all of Jack Kirby's art to him. And Jim Shooter, as the editor of Chief, kind of became the public face of Marvel as a corporation, saying, "No, we own all your art. We have your pages. They're sitting in the warehouse. You don't get them back." And there was a huge fight. I think they finally bowed to public pressure to give it back to him. Of course, Jack Kirby, at the end of his life, was here in Thousand Oaks. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My chiropractor was actually uh, his chiropractor for a while. <laughs> so yeah, towards the end of his life, we had the greatest creator, you know, most prolific comic creator you could ever think of in terms of the superhero universe living. Miles from me. I had no idea he was there. Yeah. William Stout was <laughs> in Thousand Oaks, too. Oh, yeah, you were talking yeah. about that. <laughs> That's surprising, though, because if you go to Comic-Con, some of the biggest you know writers and creators yeah, are sitting there. Uh, I shouldn't say Comic-Con. At the uh, at Most of the other cons, they're just sitting there, and no one will walk up to them, no one will pay attention to them, no one doesn't even know who the hell they are. 
Well, yeah, it's something that the old fans did. Speaking of comic, that's how I found out that I was talking to William Stout. Um, one of the first times I was there, and I was I was buying uh, one of his books, and I was buying like a set of prints, and we were talking, and he mentioned something, and I was like, "Yeah, I live in Newbury Park. It's like I live in Thousand Oaks." What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've lived in Thousand Oaks for years. Yeah, you could buy original art, just like, oh, then I'll yeah, just go, go pick it up. Just go pick it up. Or if you, well, sideshow sideshows here in Thousand Oaks. Sideshows here in Thousand Oaks. You know, we can't go pick it up. Sideshows literally like two miles away, from, not even go. two miles. No, once I found that because you were talking about, it, I always saw that I thought it was like their shipping department was like Thousand Oaks. We used to deal with them, but then I actually started talking to to the rep. It's like, oh, you actually really are in Thousand Oaks. Yes. Can well, I, the, the rep is the rep is the mother of someone I've known since kindergarten. Yeah, who he worked for Sideshow. Well, I, I did some pickup work for Sideshow for for a while. Yeah, they started in Westlake. Um, they had a little. That's right, they did. Westlake is Westlake is still Thousand Oaks. Yeah, yeah. Westlake. They started yeah. Westlake. They were in a very small building in the industrial section of Westlake, across from where Costco is. And uh, my my friend Jared, it's a, I said I've known since kindergarten, was on their design team and their their modeling team. And my friend Scott ran their that I've known since junior high, ran their um, their shipping department. And they just looked this tiny thing. And then, yeah, they had a warehouse out like in Long Beach. Right, right. I remember, I, I remember like a lot of their early stuff when it was like the Universal Monsters. I think that's when they were still in Westlake. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was, that was the first thing that's they started Because that's what I remember like first talking to them. The first the first thing they were doing they, the, the first big monsters. thing was they did the And they had like Star heads. Trek. They, the, they did the little bobbleheads for the Universal Monsters. I got tons of those. My, I started with them. They did. Um, they did a life-size Chucky doll. Yes, they did. Child's Play, and they uh, they had a huge deal with Toys R Us, and they were gonna sh- they was gonna come to, to Sideshow, and then Sideshow was gonna ship it to all these Toys R Uses. And part of the deal, they pre-priced the Child's Play doll in Hong Kong, and they hit they put the the stickers on it. Those uh, Toys R Us only exclusive. Uh huh. And then. The, no, it was just the actual price oh, it was tag. The price it was tag. A price tag, it, so that it would come in and it would go right on. It the was a, it was a Toys R Us price tag. Yeah, it was okay. Toys R Us price because this is before they you know everything was shelf talkers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then they had um, that uh, the parenting group or whatever came up in arms as to selling toys based on R-rated films, and Toys R Us got scared and they canceled it. So there's thousands of Chucky dolls that you now have to peel this price tag off. <laughs> and that was my first job was to sit there with cases of Chucky dolls and very carefully. Try and take this price tag off without ruining it. Get a little bit of the goo gun. Yep, I was. I would sit there for hours just taking price tags off, and then from there I would help Scott in the in the, in the, um, in the warehouse. The day it was the first like major truck I ever unloaded. They got a huge truck of all of this polystone statues and and Universal Marsters, monsters twelve inch and all this stuff. And we unloaded the whole thing into these different pallets, and then everybody in the company except me, Jared, and Scott left for the day. And so all these pallets are sitting out in their, in their parking lot, and we have to move them into the warehouse and figure out where to get them onto these shelves. And everybody goes to lunch, and three of us come back, and the owner's there, and he looks down and is like, what the hell? Where the hell did everybody go? I don't know, but we had to take... They, the, uh, they unloaded it in the front. There was a very small door in the back of this small building. Uh, small industrial building. Well, they're building over here in Thousand Oaks. Oh, the building. Yeah, this is, well, this is way before they moved. Their, their warehouse now beautiful. Their their yeah. warehouse in that building is six times what the entire building was. Right. Back in Westlake. So the problem was the the, the only place the truck could fit was in the front of this of this building, <laughs> which was if you go from the street is the back of this building. Sure. And the front is this very tiny door that you could barely fit a car through. We had to take the pallet jack and move the entire pallet all the way around this building, put it, drop it off, knock down the pallet, be able to disseminate it through this entire warehouse. I think we worked for 14 hours that day. We got there like at 7 in the morning to do prep, and we left at 9 or 9.30 at night. Wow. And um, All for Chucky Dolls. No, no. This was this was everything. This oh, was, okay. It was Chucky dolls. It was polystone statues. They had just done like their first two major statues. Um, they had the twelve-inch Universal monsters. They had monster bobbleheads that they were doing, and then I think they had just started with the Star Trek Star Trek on around there, yeah, Star Trek where they were doing games. little pieces. So they, I mean, it's a forty-eight foot truck. This is this is the stuff. Your wife works for Kohl's, right? She she's you know a part of their their. Um, uh, their freight team. I did. I uh-huh. did the freight in War Park. This was the size of that kind of truck, completely full. Which is like a full a full eighteen wheeler that you would yeah. see. Yeah. So we we had to do all of that and and to to um, 
Sideshow's credit to their owner's credit. We, those of us that were volunteering, which was me, I wasn't like officially with the company. Right. But we got huge bonuses for actually staying <laughs> and doing what we were supposed to do. And uh, as Scott tells it, the other people that came in on Monday got a pretty, a pretty decent dressing down. Nice. Like, how did you guys leave? And now you can back? go over to Movie Co. here in Thousand yeah. Oaks, and, and they, they moved, have a yeah, giant they display. From, uh, they moved from Westlake to Newberry Park, where I live. They're they're in the industrial spot of Newberry Park. Um, we got to go. Is Jared was still with the company? That's right there. It's right. Technically, it's right on the cusp of Thousand Oaks and Newberry Park. It's, it's well, I think it's still considered a Newberry Park because yeah, the, it is unincorporated area and everything. I think well, but, everything uh, from then to over. Yeah, is, we got to go. Um, there was a point in which our friend Eric, who I'd known for 30 years, came out, and Jared gave us a tour of the building. We actually watched like some scary movie. We watched, uh, oh, what's the one with Rose Byrne uh, in the house? That They move into a house, and it's haunted, and the kids get infected. Why can't I remember? Is it Insidious? Maybe it's Insidious. No, no, no. It was, uh, I think it's Insidious. Anyway, we watched it in their gigantic conference room. Right. It's huge, like, you know, HD screen and stuff like that. But we got to take a tour of the of the, the whole facility, and it's the the conference room is bigger than the entire floor from their first building almost. I mean, it was amazing to see. It's fun to go through. Um, we were in there the section that uh, the guy basically deals with like all the shipping out and returns for specific customers, and he has the largest Optimus Prime collection I've ever seen. Really, it's a glass case at, at there. And he's got this huge, like you know, three foot tall Optimus that's like a super. Japanese only exclusive and stuff like that. It was gorgeous. Yeah, I mean their display over at MovieCo is it's pretty big. It's about as big as their display yeah. at like WonderCon or something like that. I yeah, imagine, yeah, especially with there. all the superhero and monster movie stuff exactly. that they do. That's yeah, there's there's, the there's like four or five glass cases that are there. They've got a, they've got the Han and Carbonite. They got a full size Iron Man. Yeah, that's all really that's perfect. To oh, it's pretty yeah. movie theater. Yeah, but you go into, when you walk into their um, we walked into the warehouse that day. They had the full size. Um, uh, alien bust yeah. that day it was just this huge bust of a queen alien that's you know, five feet by ten feet it's like holy crap does anyone you know which is now at Joe Bashira's house Joe Bashira is a uh, he's a um, uh, composer for horror films okay and in his living room he has this that's awesome yeah I, I went in one day to do some work at his house and I'm like oh it's my alien queen it's gorgeous. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. There's that. He's got all these mannequins and stuff that are all really really creepy cool. looking stuff. And it's like this is his living room. I'm like, this is awesome. Um, but no, look, Thousand Oaks awesome. We have uh, uh, Nikki Six. We have Britney Spears. Oh, yeah, we well, we got a lot of people had, between the the gay community, Thousand Oaks, and also um, uh, all of a sudden I want to see what the hills. Um, Lake Sherwood, Calabasas, uh, Hidden Valley, Hidden Valley. Yeah, you know, it was one of the big things. Is Tom. When I was a kid, Tom Selleck lived in Hidden Valley. Uh-huh. He had a ranch there. Sylvester Stallone has a ranch there. Uh, he wasn't living in it. Was his? It was like his ranch. There's a couple of MMA, MMA fighters out here. And yeah, there's a bunch of that type of people out. I mean, you're anywhere it's you a way go to in get Southern California. There's a lot. Of, yeah. You, you, every time I look at some one of those paparazzi sites, almost everything is is Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Yeah. And you realize, oh, that's that's the MMA thing that's right down the street. Right? Yeah. Well, they, a lot of people little, uh, live in Encino too. Matt yeah. Groening used to live in Encino. Uh-huh. A couple. Uh, Couple other yeah, almost actors. almost all the pictures that I see of Kaylee Cuoco when she's coming out of some sort of of place where she's working out is in Sherman Oaks, right, right. on Sepulveda, right, or, or right on Ventura, which is blocks from where we are. So Speaking of celebrities, we got some funny celebrity news. the The WonderCon convention is now going to have Ryan Lochte of Olympic fame. Oh, Jesus. As one of the guests of their convention. Is that true? That is, is it really? That is, wow, that's not a joke. I just put it up on Facebook. My friends have been talking about it. Wow. Uh, he joins the likes of, uh, of non-comic book people to go to some Wizards conventions. Is he even going to know what the hell's going on? I don't know. They invited him, and he's going. It's so weird it's to see him. Him and uh, Colin Kaepernick going to be hanging out? I don't know, but that's kind of awkward, especially yeah. after what happened at the Olympics. Like, I wonder if that was... Why is Ryan Lochte going to WonderCon? I don't know. I, not Wonder... Uh, Wizard World. Oh, Wizard World. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, you said WonderCon. Oh, that's yeah, Wizard you World. did. Wizard okay, mm-hmm. Wizard World still has this thing in LA? Not here. It's in Chicago, I think. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. It's Wizard World. I think the closest thing they do is San Francisco. Are there real wizards here? Wizard World, I don't think is. Where's Harry Potter? Because no. so, there's so many. Basically, what what Wizard World's been accused of doing is you have a local team put on a show one year and then it's successful, and Wizard World comes in and buys them out. 
in a way, that's what happened with Stanley Media and Kamikaze. Mm-hmm. You had Kamikaze run by two or three people that was like, you know, this is a show for the fans. It's going to be cheap. We're in the basement of L.A. We want to prove that we want we to come here. We talked to him the and first week. Yeah, and immediately the first time. after that year, Stanley, Stanley Media bought them, brought them upstairs, and of course, if anyone went that second year, had no idea how many people wanted to go to it. It was and Stanley and Elvira, had, the, both up in the bottom. Yeah, it was the Stanley Elvira Presents Comic-Con yeah. or Kamikaze or whatever, <laughs> and the guy in line that was handing out the um, the wristbands. It just it was a total disaster. One of the yeah. hottest stadiums out here in Southern California. We have heat waves in February and October, and November, when you get Santa Ana winds and everything, and you can get up into almost triple digits in downtown LA in November. Mm-hmm. And I know people back east that are going, um, "We're freezing." We're like, "Send us some snow." Uh, that <laughs> let it so be water when it gets were, here. Yeah, we were, remember we were waiting out out in line. It's okay, we can use the water too. Yeah, and it was insane. <laughs> that was horrible. We made luckily we made it into into the foyer, but there was no line inside. It was just people were kind of forming their own line. It was this gigantic snake, and there was no one from Kamikaze, and there was no one from the convention center uh-huh. that did anything. And it was so bad. At one point, they started everybody. Even if you had a single day pass, well, that they was gave the, you no, out. That's not even that, that's the total end of the story. What's happening is nothing is moving. Yes, we found out that if the you line had, if you had bought a ticket. And you were buying that day. They brought you to the side of the building. You bought your ticket, and you'd be in in five minutes. Right. The guy that was standing behind I was standing with your wife uh, going to get food. And the guy behind us was from the R2 Builders. Uh-huh. And he was talking about there was a vendor. It's like it, The thing had been open for like a half hour. The doors had been open for half hour. There was no one on the floor. And he screams, where the beep are my customers? <laughs> so the fire department shows up. The fire marshal walks upstairs and says, if you let another person through that door, I'm shutting everything down. I'm kicking everybody out. Because the foyer is packed. Literally, yeah. you are, are like at the floor of Comic-Con. But nobody's moving. Nobody's going anywhere. Well, they had a wrap where they got, did lines going back they and forth. No, they didn't make a line. That was the thing. They let the customers, the people that were waiting to get in, we formed our own lines. In a weird, Yeah, so it was this gigantic weird snake. They shut, and what was happening was people were coming in the doors and just cutting in line in the middle of nowhere, right. just like whatever. Once the fire marshal came up, finally the convention center put people at the door saying we're not letting anybody in mm-hmm. because they had to get rid, get rid of everybody. And that was the point where they just started hanging. It was a wristband. It was like red for one day and yellow for both days. Right. And they just gave out yellow wristbands. When I got that, I said, did you guys not know this meeting, these many people were going to be here? And he rolls his eyes and he's like, a convention that's five times as big that had the same staff as the year before. Yep. It was a disaster. And then the next year they moved it to, they had Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I went Friday and I had my ticket in less than 45 seconds. Yeah. And everything was fine. But that second year, well, I that was That second year was awesome. The Remember year. they did the Groupon. Yeah. And that's, I think they didn't count the tickets from the Groupon. Right. They, they, did, did. they sold the tickets to Groupon. Because the way it works, Groupon buys it for a cheap price uh-huh. and then they resell it. That's how we got our tickets, right. I think. I think that was that set, yeah. Yeah, that one and year. apparently the the management of Stanley's Kamikaze presents, presents Elvira or whatever, they didn't consider those tickets sold. Right. They, they, Groupon never came back to them and said, we sold 20,000 of the 20,000 tickets you gave us. So they had no idea. But that was the one. I remember taking that picture and going, all those people that are saying that L.A. doesn't deserve a con, here. I mean, yeah. these people are desperate for one. Speaking of con, you should see the way the convention center is down at uh, Anaheim, how that's coming along. It's Does it look good? It's looking like, uh, good. Because now we're actually talking about WonderCon. They are coming back this year. Yes. Yeah, interestingly enough, to, to segue back, apparently this is not a joke. Uh, uh, Ron Bogjovich, uh, the former governor of Illinois, I'm probably butchering his name horribly, apparently was also a guest at Wizard World. So oh, wow. Was he the one that got arrested? Yes. For, the, for, like, for the, sex the, the, photos, the photos of his junk. Yeah. Sending them to, sending them to reporters. <laughs> what the hell is Wizard doing? I don't know, but... You uh, shut out your desperate. magazine, you're almost in bankruptcy, and <laughs> let's grab Ryan Lochte, Ryan Blugglugglugglugglug. If Wizard Rod. World did have one in L.A., wouldn't uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, the Kardashians would be in it? I'm you sure. Oh God! Yeah. I'm, I'm just fascinated. Like now, understanding that. Well, okay. If uh, if uh, the Olympic summer is going to be there, then I guess this is not so strange for them to have yes. random people. Have uh, you been caught in a scandal? political scandal? <laughs> hey, do you remember New York Comic Con was almost broke? Like three or four years ago. No, New York Comic Con was broke. Yeah. They shut down, and this other company swooped in and moved it. They were supposed to be because they had like Chrysler on the floor, Home Depot. They right. had that was yeah that year they needed to get as many sponsors as they could because they I they were selling power order. tools. Yeah, like the organization hey, company cosplayers that did need it. those power tools. <laughs> I know, right? That's, that's they, pretty. That's pretty clever there. It was it was like 
four weeks before that convention was supposed to happen. Suddenly, suddenly uh, this, Texas this Chainsaw like, Massacre became the cosplay yes. of the... It, was, it would have been the equivalent of if on June 1st, CCI comes out and says San Diego's canceled. Yeah. We're not doing it. It's done. There's nothing, hey, we need money to save it or anything. It was closed. Right. And then this company came in and bought it. Right. And said, we're going to move it to... They, they didn't ha- I don't think they had it at Javits that year. They might have had it at Javits that year. They, mm, but wherever they had it, that was did. it. Yeah, they brought in like... Hey, whoever wants to buy a table can buy a table, and they reached out to major companies, and they're like, "Sure, we'll sell cars and stuff yeah. like that." And now oh, NYCC yeah. is the third bar largest convention in North America. They right. did over one hundred and twenty-five thousand last year. Well, yeah. everyone kind of disputes their numbers because, because there's a few people that say that their numbers are completely bogus. Well, they're counting outside events too. Well, they're New Yorkers, you know. Yeah, so you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make them look like. The Wait, we're gonna have the biggest convention <laughs> that's ever been con- make NYCC great again. Because they did that, they like not last year. I think it was the year before last. They did the Walking Dead thing, where it was the anniversary, yeah. Yeah. and they counted all of those tickets too right. as right. floor tickets. I mean, it's still a huge convention. The few people I know that have gone has says it is it is on par with San Diego right. in terms of how packed you are. But Javits isn't as big as the San Diego Convention Center. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, though, with WonderCon now, with with Anaheim as big as the yeah, San Diego, kick, kick them out. So. Or, uh, uh, San Diego wants them back because they moved to LA yeah. just for one year old construction. San Francisco kicked them out right. and never took them back. Well, yeah, the, the, the story of it is is crazy because San Francisco came back because the Moscone Center. Yes. The year the yeah. year after we went, right. basically we went there the last year. year. Last year that was the Moscone Center, which is the twenty fifth anniversary. And it was a reading the story. Yeah, it was just a, a couple months later where they said we're going to go to Anaheim for a year, and they had an interview with like the vice president of CCI. And if you read between the lines, it was basically. CCI went to them and said, well, we can't, Moscone says you can't hold it in March or whatever right. because the whole building's going to be closed. So they said, okay, well, we'll hold it in the fall. I mean, we don't, we don't have open dates in the fall. And he's talking about, he's pointing out all these different weekends that are open. And they even and have, said, they already have ApeCon, which is, yeah, ApeCon right. is, is but still this, owned this by CCI. Yeah, but that's their, this, like, this, was small, this is right. the story. The, the story is, the Moscone Center says all these open dates. No, 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 you can't come here. Right. And then the San Francisco Board of Tourism said that they didn't bring enough people in. Even though the number of tickets were going up every single year, they were looking at the hotels and going, you don't sell enough hotel rooms because when you used to go through the CCI hotel thing, it was always more expensive than the hotel would give you anyway. Which is now totally yeah, different. Yeah, it's different. But at the time, no one would go through it. We didn't go through it. We just found a hotel right. out by the airport. So Moscone basically kicks them out. And that's the people are like, oh, they abandoned... Uh, San Francisco. They no, said, no. "Well, I guess we just won't hold it next year." And Anaheim called CCI and said, uh-huh. "Come on down. We've got a volleyball tournament and we've got a dance cheerleading, cheerleading dance thing, yeah, uh, dance team thing going. Well, we but space. we can get you. We can get you, which was still about as big as what it was at Moscone. Yeah, CCI. Well, An- Anaheim Convention Center is really big, especially when they open up all those dividing gates. Well, yeah. and see, that's just it. And I'm wondering because we've we've talked about this before. If you would take out those little atriums. It would be the same size as what San Diego's main floor is. It'd be close. I still think from from front to back, it's actually not as big. The thing with the thing with Anaheim, everyone points to their square footage. The problem with it is the square footage in Anaheim is contained on three floors. Yes, right? in San Diego, it's not. It's not as long. They're adding a new building and all that stuff, which like that. now but makes it as complete, long. Yeah, but to complete the CCI story, is they went to Anaheim that year, and mm-hmm. Anaheim bent over backwards, and they said, "Well, you guys want it, so we're going to stay here." Last year when they went to L.A., because the frighteningly same con- uh, the situation, were yeah. very similar. but Anaheim had told them, we want you back. Yeah. And they were never intending to go to L.A. That then became a, a part of... Um, it was the, really, really, I mean... The, it was misreported for a long time. Yeah. It was like, oh, L.A. is going to keep them. Yes. Right. Like, right. It was never supposed to be. There was never a deal to do it for more than one year. It was only going to be in L.A. And, and personally speaking, thank God, because the LA Convention Center is a crap hole. Well, that's what Beth was, when we, she was like, you know what, just looking back at it, she goes, Kamikaze kind of works there, but WonderCon, it just, it, I hate it. She said, she, I hated it. It there. was such it was a horrible. different vibe. The few people that I talked to, there's only one person out of the, I, mean, I, I think I talked to five or six different artists that, you know, consistently go to WonderCon every single year, and only one of them said that he liked LA better. Really? That the vibe was better. Um, I wouldn't say the vibe, but the LA Convention Center is real. It's got the giant underground floor. It's got the two giant above-ground floors. So you need a massive convention, not SDCC scale. But you'd still need something larger because well, last year or earlier this well, year, well, the thing is, they were they they were the they so much small places. Yes, yeah. so they broke everything up. They which broke is what they did for Kamikaze last year too, and it was very odd. Yeah, it's very confusing. That the first day that, that Rich and I went, I was dropping something off for our friend Kirk, 
and we're in like what is considered the main hall, and we just looked around like this is this is like ten rows. That's it. Yeah, this is like this is smaller than Long Beach. It was missing like something. And then yeah. we finally found somebody who knew what the hell they were talking about. Like, oh no, it's another building over here. You got to go outside and go all the way across and get the stuff. I was like, oh, wait. So that was that was the, and, and WonderCon was that way now too. Yeah, where there's one section that is basically cosplayers and fan clubs. And stuff like that, yeah. and stage, and then the major stuff would have been in the other one, except the, where they put the cosplayers you know. was like the exotic car hall. I go, I go to the LA yeah. Auto Show yes. here, and the LA Auto Show is gigantic. Yeah, and the they LA use, Auto Show works because they, they walking use, through the whole thing is yeah, you know, they you utilize park. every single bit of space in there. Yeah. And when Wizard World uh, uh, WonderCon, we had the, the one in the one building, and the giant giant room was taken up by some fitness expo. Yeah. And then they did, like, that tiny little room for cosplayers that was, like, in this weird breeze Well, way. what works well for the LA Convention Center is when you have that, the, the whole entry, you know, where you, you have the, uh, where the stair, you know, the escalators and everything, yeah. that makes a great area for cosplayers. Yes. You know, and it gives a good vibe going into it, but LA doesn't know how to hold a convention like that. I mean, and... Well, the fact that they, they do anything you that's know, LA con ends up being a cosplay con. That was one of the big differences, which a lot of people said in terms of yeah, Anaheim versus here. LA. And one of the problems with it is because of that RFID system, the people could get onto the Fourier without a ticket. Correct. So what ended up happening is you had hundreds of cosplayers, mm-hmm. and I know this from talking to cosplayers who spoke to other cosplayers, it was... On Friday, people figured it out yes. and started texting, like, just come down and hang out in the foyer with me, and a whole bunch of people are going to take pictures of you. Yep. When I sat, the, the Sunday that we were there, I went to the little cafe that's there. I'm sitting in the in this basically a long section where there's a ton of tables, and I'm sitting there realizing I'm the only one that has a badge. Right. In an entire dining room full of people, in, in costume, with bags, I'm the only one that actually paid to go to that show. Yeah. And everybody else is there, and so... The, the bulk of the people you were seeing were all cosplayers. Hmm. Kamikaze has had that reputation of being a cosplay type show too. I think anything that's in downtown LA, and you know when they hold an anime show there or something like that, oh, yeah. it just becomes a huge cosplay, cosplay show. show. Well, the well, only thing a lot of them live here. So yeah, and, that, and, that, and I'm not saying one way or the other. What I'm saying is the vibe for me going this year to WonderCon. It felt so different, not just because the building was different, but because it was just. I saw all of these cosplayers and a whole bunch of people that were there that just didn't care whether they were there or not. They just wanted to get their right. picture taken or they just wanted to run around once and walk, walk out versus going to WonderCon in, in Anaheim. And part of it also is, you know, I stay with friends in Anaheim. We have better places that we can go eat. You know, we can get to go to Lucille's. Yeah, we go to Disneyland. Well, let's see. Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah. L.A. knows how to, to throw an expo. Sure. Know, they, the car shows, even E3 is an expo. It's not a yeah, con. Yeah, but those guys have also been doing it for decades. Right. Versus mm-hmm. a lot of the LA cons have been in like tiny, tiny convention Correct. centers. They've been like in Long Beach. Long Beach. But and see, Beth and I were looking at it because we were. You need, a, you need a really big con, I think, to make it work at the LA convention center because it's always so divided into the smaller rooms. Like, nah. Well, not. even episode. Well, in episode four, uh, when Star Wars did Celebration 4 there. They had it divided up. You had the main floor, which was the where you go up through the escalators. Yeah. It's, the, it's the main floor. All of the merchandise was in the other building, you know, closer to Staples Center, yeah. where uh, WonderCon did their they did the registration. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that whole that whole building, that whole floor right there, was nothing but uh, merchandise. And you went in, you got all the merchandise you wanted, yeah. and everything, and then you had your panels and all those little halls. And yeah, yeah. And it worked. But it was also a smaller con than, say, like WonderCon. I mean, Ten and, years ago, that was nothing right. like it was now. That, what, that store, oh my god. That I know, right? Gorgeous. A whole like convention hall with all these different places that you could buy. And, and the other thing is not having a single register. Yep. Like, the registers were all those different places. You could walk. I went to the store first thing when I showed up that Friday, and I spent like $200 or whatever. And I brought my stuff back to the car. And uh-huh. I came back. I was so early. And there was no line to get in and stuff like that. It was crazy. But yeah, Beth, uh, Beth and I were looking at, because uh, we were just at Disneyland on Monday and Tuesday. And we we were looking at, we stayed at the Hilton where we usually stay. We usually stay there for WonderCon anyways. Um, but we were looking at it, for, uh, looking at now the square footage that they have compared to San Diego. They have enough to fill the convention, what happens within the convention center. Yeah. The problem is, 
they don't have a gas lamp area. No, to it's do like downtown the downtown Disney. You have downtown Disney, it. but you're not going to be able to. You, you're fighting with Disneyland right. for that space because and they're going to beat you because they have more people. It's going the prime just by time. You, I mean, you're you're talking July, which is the prime oh, yeah. month. That's the other problem. As far as hotels, there's more hotels in Anaheim than there are in the San Diego area. Right. But you're fighting with the prime time of Disneyland. Yeah. They're also, yeah, you've got the concentration of hotels in Disneyland's misleading because it's the concentration of hotels is right around Disneyland. Yeah. Versus well, when you look San at Diego, there's, there's you have Hotel Circle, and then you have downtown, and then you also have, you know, as you head down towards the border, there's a ton more. So, the, But when you look at the Anaheim, there's still, when you get down towards the exposition, uh, what is it, Cube, they, there's a lot of hotels there. There's yeah. a lot of hotels coming down. But they're all really meant for Disney goers, right? Which is which is tough. Which is why when I go to uh, WonderCon, I make my dinner reservations at like nine in the morning uh-huh. for that evening, and then I can go. Okay, I'm gonna beat all the people who are gonna leave, and then let's go to downtown Disney. Just walk on over, and the waits are four hours long. Yeah. But you know, it's one of those things where uh, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how Anaheim would have to deal with it because you know. You close, San Diego closes down, you know, you have Petco Park right there, yep. you have uh, the Gas Lamp, which they, they closed down now, you also have all those other hotels that they put stuff in, in their big big halls and stuff, and you only have, what, the Marriott, Sheridan, and Hilton that you could do it there, and there's not, they're not as the same size as they are in San Diego. Right. So, right. I don't see, everybody says, let's do it, let's do it, you know, San, and even CCI has talked about, hey, let's try, maybe we'll, if this contract doesn't work, let's try it. I, I'm starting to think, like, Chris is, I mean, even if you took that whole center section of the hotels right there in front of the, Wonder, or in front of the Anaheim Convention Center, and you closed down that whole strip, and you did that as your gas lamp area. Well, this is... Now you have no entrances to those hotels. This is, this is the problem. Where your hotels are, as you start to spread out, unlike San Diego, where you can get a hotel in... Um, I keep wanting to say how they just Mission Valley? Anywhere. Yeah. You've got the trolley. You don't have that in Anaheim. You can stay. We stayed on the border. Right. And we were still able to reliably get to and from the convention center within 30 minutes because mm-hmm. of the trolley. Versus if you're in Anaheim and you're staying out towards, you know, <laughs> other out, out towards Irvine or out towards Tustin, forget it. Right. You're, you're not getting to the convention unless you have a car, and Anaheim's parking structure doesn't exist. Well... There's a couple of spaces that are there. Everyone's always complained about the parking for there. Well, at the unless, convention yeah, center. Unless they do what they've done before in terms of being able to secure the parking lot at um, Angel Stadium, the baseball stadium, and be able to bus people in, mm-hmm. which has been successful, but they only did it the first year that they were there, or right. second year that they were there. They ran on parking uh, when I went to WonderCon this year. Yeah, they no, there's, there's no parking. On well, and that's why the convention center is adding another, I guess, thirteen hundred spaces. But that's still not even. That's enough. still not. Yeah, it's still not enough. Especially when you think half of that, half of that parking structure that's there is reserved for the Hilton. Yes. Yeah. And so that you've already cut cut your parking in half, even adding thirteen hundred more. The only way that they, I think they could do it is there's that whole parking lot that Disneyland has. Right across the street from oh, the, the Toy Story lot. Right. That's where usually that's where they tend to send people, anyways. After mm-hmm. after they figure that like okay no 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 this is Disneyland parking, but then after a few hours they go just just let them park in here. With but with Disneyland opening up two new parking <clears throat> structures. Yeah. You know, in time for Star Wars Land, that area right there, you might be able to do your whole outdoor stuff. That's for entirely it. possible. Yeah, no, but you're not going to shut that down. That's the thing. You can shut down Petco because it's a baseball stadium. Right. You can shut down Anna, uh, Angel Stadium because it's a baseball stadium that, that is off-season. You're not going to shut down the parking structure for Disneyland in July. Well, it depends on how much room. Because that, that area right there may end up becoming abandoned by Disneyland for something else. Uh, yeah, they may, turn it into, uh, they may turn it into another section for downtown Disney. Cause right. That, that Toy Story lot connects right into the Disneyland hotel area, so... No, 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 not that lot. The one that's right across the street from the convention center, um, where they they just built um, a Walgreens and a couple hotels right there. You have a, another parking lot that is literally when you walk when you drive out of the uh, convention center drive, it's right in front of you. Hmm. There's a whole it's a whole other uh, section, which I realized that when we were down here this time, 
they have a whole separate parking lot going on the north side of that uh, overpass of the of the five. Yeah, yeah. That's the employee parking. Yeah. That they shuttle people over. Yeah. So they, Disneyland has like six or seven different parking lots oh, they have a ton of different parking around lots, the area. It's, it's still it's it's not something where you're on a day in the middle of the summer. I guarantee you every single one of those every single one of those spots is taken. Yeah. I, 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 and I don't Disneyland see... is not going to give them up to the Anaheim Convention Center. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. To have SDCC, they're nice enough to use that. You know, you go behind. Um, uh, I keep wanting to say Toontown, but uh, Cars Land and every, everything there, right. and they're able to drop you off there, and then you cross the street. You know, they've they've allowed them to do that. But you're talking in the middle of July. No, yeah. When you're talking two hundred thousand people that are going to try and use it because there's not there's nowhere near enough space that's. In Could you imagine what those hotels are already expensive enough during yeah, the summer? Yeah. Could you imagine what they go to with Comic Con? They're not, and, and this is a, a big deal because the Chargers are trying to find a stadium, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. What well, Chargers Stadium is so small. The it's, oh what Qualcomm? Qualcomm's yeah. A dump. Qualcomm yeah. is one of the worst stadiums. This still exists. And because I was there for the Guns N' Roses concert, and I'm like. This is horrible. It is well. It's it's the last stadium that's still standing that was a dual use stadium. Yeah, it isn't completely refurbished. The Angel Stadium was the Angels and Rams Stadium when the Rams moved out and Edison bought the field. They completely they all but tore it down yeah. and rebuilt it as a baseball only stadium and they actually carved a third of it out. Um, but when you're on the club, Qualcomm is exactly the same as it looked when the Padres played there 15 <laughs> years ago. And it's even though it's football only, that place. Uh, my friend Karen has season tickets to to Chargers, um, and her husband Eddie goes all the time. And, and Eddie's not a Chargers fan, so he has no problem saying it. That place is a dump. Yeah, there's there's I mean there's well, you're, water dripping like... in all these different places. The concessions are are extremely uh-huh. antiquated. I went there for the uh, Junior Seattle Memorial, which is probably four years ago. I think it was 2012. Yes, and even just going for that. And you walk in and go, this is not a modern stadium. No right. wonder why this team is a laughingstock in the NFL. They can't seem to put this together. And right now, there's a bill this fall to pay for a stadium that'll go. They're going to probably tear up that industrial section that's just south of the convention center, which is just south of Petco. Right. And that's where the new stadium will go. Right what, down there on Skid Row. Yeah, what they're saying is... Hey, the, it's the, taxpayers' money yeah, the, the, <laughs> that they the, don't know that they'll be paying for the stadium with. The, well, the, the opponents of it are basically saying that if they build the stadium, they're not going to build the, um, convention. the, the convention center extension that they've said is going to save San Diego. The problem with this is they've been talking about this, the, con- the convention center extension for years... And the convention center is basically saying we can't extend it. There's nothing we can do. Right. There's, there's a hotel to the south there's of us. There's ocean. Yeah. There's ocean, and in order to try and build something, where if they were to knock down that whole area and build another building, that's still not going to work either because that type of, you can't hold a building on <laughs> what basically is trash. You well, know, it's, it's an embarcadero. You it's lose that. You lose that fact. It's, it's literally like. 400 feet between the edge of the convention center to the Hilton, and then about that same distance from the opposite side. Yeah. Well, you, but you lose that whole... Uh, that the, whole the whole H line. Where yeah, the, everything behind the, the convention center, it'll be almost to right well, no, to the You can't to the build bay. a building on it. That land, quote-unquote, that exists there is not land. That is all fill. So <laughs> if you put a building on it, it's going to sink. So they can't build it there unless they decide to rip everything up, refill it with whatever concrete concrete and then build a building on it but the thing is but where CCI the take care of their rats and roaches <laughs> CCI and, and San Diego have been in this they'll be sharing a spot with where both of them have basically they, they, they don't understand there's nothing that anybody else can do CCI can't go anywhere yeah CCI isn't going anywhere unless More they go back floors. east it doesn't need that no, doesn't matter anything either. it'll start you sinking you can't change what it, what it is and really as big as you can build it you're not going to get everybody in no. You have people. You have you have, you know, people that are trying to guess because CCI doesn't release any numbers. That there's basically there's three hundred thousand bodies that go through there, mm-hmm. and there's more than two point five million people who try to get tickets for San Diego every year. Yeah, if that's true, you're never you can't put two point five million no, people anywhere. Well, I think the plan is bigger than half the towns in in California. I think I think they're 
playing it smart by using the surrounding hotels and the gas on to do and that's stuff. what the but that's you're that's maxed out that's so, but yeah, even, but but so were, now you have now you have a, a, a bill that's coming in this fall and the people that don't want it to happen are using cci as an excuse saying well if they build the stadium you're never going to get the convention expansion and then therefore san diego's leaving or, or cci is leaving and there's no san diego comic-con the director of the, the basically the proponent part for the bill is saying what do you think you're going to use the football stadium for during Comic-Con? Right. That's what we're, that's what we're going to do. We're, it's, we're not going to use it for anything in the summer. So that whole stadium is going to go to CCI. You're going to have a parking structure because you have to have a parking structure. Right. You're going to be able to, to redo some of the, the public transportation that's down there and increase the, the, um, well, you're also the, the frequency of it. Yeah. Because if you've been to – I went to a Chargers preseason game. And I've never been so crushed on the trolley in my life. I was leaning, I was against the door with my arms up as I had a very large gentleman literally pressed up against me. Like, I can't move. I well, can't even getting into Qualcomm, it's basically one road that leads into it. Yeah, Qualcomm's a, Qualcomm's a disaster. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is on the club level, when you go from, like, you know, the entrance, like, say, J to C, you end up going down this narrow hallway yep. that's like, I mean, it's like literally no wider than, than this room right here we're in. It's a stadium that was built in the 70s and that cookie cutter circle stadium that was that it was Cincinnati and Minnesota yeah. and all these places got the same exact type of stadium because it was cheap uh-huh. and that, that sort of thing and all those stadiums have been torn down nobody uses Dooley Stadium anymore except Oakland because they're broke um, Which none of those teams have enough money to now. go yeah the Raiders are probably going to go to Vegas they just they just uh, went last week they put in a lot of uh, like maybe 10 or 20 different uh, trademarks for yeah it's, all, it's, all, well, it's also the, the Las Vegas uh, NHL team is doing that too they keep yeah. putting in all these names and they're terrible names like no 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 just, just bandits that's it don't be Nighthawks or some crap like that um, I wish LA would change our name from Rams I hate that I wish LA didn't have the Rams <laughs> so Ethan You've been quiet for 40 minutes. Anything you want to talk about? We've been recording for 40 minutes. Yeah. BS. No, 41 Sweet. minutes. All right, well, that was it. <laughs> Ethan, anything? Got nothing. How about how, how, How's Fear of the Walking Dead? I haven't watched it yet. Nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> there you go. That's the one... Uh, uh, is the blonde sentence? mom still alive? Because every, everything that I see... One sentence Who? review. The, the blonde the mom. mom. The main mom. Uh, or the, is she not in that, that well, part? The premiere, the premiere episode was all centric about... Uh, Drug, drug boy. Yeah. Which I didn't realize it. He was in uh, um, Heart of the Ocean or Heart of the Sea. Was he? Yeah. Huh. With, uh, with with James Franco wasn't hurt. No. David <laughs> Franco. It was. Uh, no, we watched that one episode. Oh, I yeah, swear yeah. he was doing it. It's weird because yeah, the mom, his, the the drug addict kid's mom, is uh, one of the uh, one of the chefs in uh, Orange Is the New Black. They, the, the, her and her gang have control. Well, yeah, there's only like 12 episodes. Uh, no, he's the, the, the Hispanic kid's mom. Yes. Yeah. But not the drug boy's mom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not the main uh, Yeah, the, the drug boy's mom. mom. But I was surprised. Oh, I watched, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the... Was yeah. it like all the, the, all the commercials I've seen? Because I was watching something on, on, on AMC last night. I can't remember what it was now. But I don't see her in. I was like, oh, did she, did she die? But then again, yeah, this, I don't think I've seen anybody except This first episode was all just... Nick, when the character about him after the season, uh, mid-season finale, like he broke off from the rest of the group and went on his own. He, he watched like he, five minutes of it when they were. Here's, here's, he learned early on that if you cover yourself in blood. On, well, he's on a, a freeway, mm-hmm. and there's all these parked cars, and there's one guy that's still in, and these you know these Mexican gambling members are going to come up and they kill this guy. And I'm looking at it, and I'm going. The roads aren't blocked at all. Like they're they're fairly well put, and you know doors are open and stuff. I'm like, where are these people going? Yeah. yeah. Did all of them run out of gas in the same exact spot? It's not like it's bumper to bumper, and then something came over it. It's... You're looking at it going, all you had to do was keep driving. This makes zero sense. I'm looking at it going, there is no way that this exists. It made for a cool shot. That was it, and it, it has absolutely no basis mm. in reality. If if there was, well, even think... if there's a whole group of zombies walking through that, you could have just driven right over them. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think they were trying to recreate that shot of Rick going into Atlanta on the horse. Yeah, yeah. but even then, like, if you look at the freeway, the freeway is yeah. mostly clogged on that. Yeah, exactly. there, it's, you, you can't go anywhere. If, if the people in the front decide, if, right. you know, three lanes all of a sudden lose gas, you can't get off of it because it's blocked on both sides. Right. In this case, I'm like, they're four car lanes apart. And I'm like, did they just get out and go, 
you know, I got a glass of gas left, but let's just walk. Let's go. Let's do it. Like, what do we do? The thing that really bugged me about the episode is everybody that's talking about the episode afterwards was like, oh, this is how Nick is surviving. And I was like, this kid did not do shit to survive other than drink his own piss. Like, the thing that bugged me is... Well, now you gave away the whole thing. It's been a week. People... Blake covered himself with blood. (laughs) But the thing is, like, he goes by a couple cars, doesn't check if he can start them, that he's walking on this freeway trying to get back to California or the border or something. So, when you're walking for miles and it's hot and you haven't had any water, you don't think, hey, there's a bunch of cars on this freeway that look like they're drivable? Let me see if I can take that. That's not the one problem I had. Other problem I had is these Mexican gangsters. Can you tell he's really fired up about this? <laughs> There's these Mexican gangsters that were, you know, supposed to be yeah. the guys that were like hunting him or whatever. He goes into like a whole group of, you know, zombies. Yeah. One. That's the scene I shot, and the guys just start yeah. shooting at him. Yeah, and he just after he shoots a couple of them down, he notices him like, oh, that guy's not a zombie, and freezes up. And it's like... We was trying to reload when he got... the one No, guy who got, he, he didn't finish it. He had a, still had his gun. He was just kind of well, like... Well, you see the guy who's trying to reload or whatever. Yeah. As these zombies are coming on him. And again, this is the stupidest thing. Because when you, when you build... When you build a universe in which the zombies are, you know, the draggers. that are just like, you know, moving at a, a tenth of a mile per four days. Just run. Yeah. yeah. Like he's trying to reload. Like his like, buddies. I can't wait to kill these people. It's but the, I'm just going to stand here in the middle of the road. Like, his buddies got all back into the Jeep. Yeah. The and one guy just, gets I was like, dude, why aren't you getting back into the Jeep, And he's just sitting too? there trying to put bullets back in his, in his gun or his revolver or whatever. And I'm looking at him going, at least get in one of the cars and close the door. Yeah. It's the, you it's know, the, it's cool. It's the, it's the opening then, of Zombieland, cardio. The yeah. best it's the, part it's about the it. The thing you need in the zombie apocalypse, cardio. Is that, you know, him and his buddy, because I guess his buddy came out of the Jeep to try to help mold them down and end up getting eaten by the zombies. Why is it that after they died and all the zombies dissipate uh, or go out in their own direction? You start to talk like me. Whatever. They try. They start going off in their own direction. Why the fuck did he not grab any one of those guns? Like, you would think, oh, you know what? Maybe I should take a couple of these guns because I'm alone in Mexico during a zombie apocalypse. Hmm. See, well, they all do. None of them. They've never played a video I game. For me, I just, like, it's immediately just when, I, when I think of the show, it's like, we live in, the show took place in Los Angeles, at least right at the very beginning. It's like, yeah. well, we've got a giant forest, you know, only a couple miles northeast of us. Perfect. A giant forest. That you, we have islands off the coast. We have offshore oil rigs, yachts as far as the eye <laughs> can see. And just uh, take a dinghy, go to Catalina Island, <laughs> and then wait it out for a little bit. This is, it was like everything. Go to the floor. Everybody go, go, was raid a, go raid a an yeah, REI and, and, and then go camping. Go get the tree tents. Yeah. Like in World War Z, they explained that the zombies can actually walk on the on the ocean floor. And so yeah. the right. ones that go to Catalina or whatever, all of a sudden they just start coming up out of the Well, ocean. this one they, they did that. They kind of explained that in, in yeah, this. Yeah, but it's still. Uh, but the, the scene scene thing, so that's the stupid, When we were watching um, the episode, well, either last season or the season before The Walking Dead, the first one with Jesus, with the van. And I'm like, how do these people survive? Like, Rick and Daryl are the two stupidest people on the planet. Because they're worried about the guy on the, on the roof. You've got a truck full of supplies you absolutely need. Don't get out of the car. Right. Just keep driving. And when you get to the you know, you get to the thing, you just lean out the window. Hey, shoot the guy on the roof! Okay. <laughs> Done. And instead, they stop the car, and of course he puts it in reverse, and it goes in the right, lane. He also doesn't have like his parking brake on. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what are you doing? It makes Did no you see, sense. Have you seen when they put that to Benny Hill? Yeah, that's the no, best that thing That was ever. the greatest thing. I think Chris is the one that sent it to him. And that's the never... And here's the worst part is, like, when they open it up, there's a lot of, like, you know, sealed food that's airtight. Yeah. Cans and bottles of water. Yeah. You could probably fish out easily. Well, I and think they're, they're, they're talking about Bart the fact Simpson that it's is, is smarter. When Bart is stuck on the island, he goes back to the bus and dives down using the 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 puffer that Milhouse is in, <laughs> yeah, his, his asthma inhaler to breathe and oxygen. Gets the gets the the. Well, the thing the that they I think they were the saying cooler. about that is the the water was murky, so they didn't know what was in there, and so that's why they never went and fished it out. No, that is a fan who six weeks later, after people complaining, was like, "Why exactly didn't I what it was. <laughs> And then you ask that same fan, well, "Why didn't why didn't, when Daryl jumps out of the truck to kill this dude? Why doesn't he not just set the parking brake?" Well, he's in a, a moment. In which... Why um, didn't he run back to the truck and get... bodies decay faster in water. And that's the thing. Well, is that the, well that's one of the greatest cracked articles of yeah. all time. It's like, why a zombie apocalypse could never happen. 
And it's, it's, it's based on the idea that you know the, the, your your the, the the zombies don't need anything but brains to live, but they still need to be ambulatory. And anyone who's walking with no nutrients as he's walking is just going to fall apart completely. Right. We live in LA. In it was 115 degrees two yeah. weeks ago. That, that's end of apocalypse. <laughs> you're, just, you're standing there at the end of the street. Uh, uh, you go to Catalina. Oh, he's I, melting. He's you go to Catalina right Island. That's salt water. They're basically food mummies mm. for the sharks that we have offshore. <laughs> Zombie sharks. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, for this episode, just, the whole thing being shark, oh, how shark. he's learning how to survive. And he does nothing other than, you know, meet up with a group at the end and get into some sort of, like, you know, uh, community that they've built. Terminus? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go to the... I'm gonna go I to saw Gr- the shot. It looks like Terminus. I'll go to Griffith Park. We got mountain lions. Zombies yeah. seem like easy food. Course, for, and especially the way they move, lions. you can sit up there in Griffith Park. As long as you, as you, you would... Uh, mountain lions can catch bikers. I'm sure they can catch zombies. Yeah, but you sit there and just like, okay... As long as you're vigilant with, uh, within your group, make sure nobody dies and natural right. causes comes back, you could literally just stand up there for months yeah. and well, kill they, people. They've also not discovered quarantine in the, yeah. the Walking Dead TV show. I feel like, oh, you're taking on, oh, we can't take on new stars. We don't know what's happening. It's like, well, he's new. Stick him in a room for a day or two. Throw him some food. Okay. So that's it. In, uh, in, what is it? In, in uh, Blade 2, it's a, it's a sort of tangent off. When they think that uh, Whistler is going to become a vampire again, he's like, hey, you know, those shades open 9 a.m. whether you're a vampire or not. Yeah. <laughs> so, good luck. <laughs> so, in, in short, I had quite a bit of problems with this first episode. Yeah, and I think it's, it's something where I, I talk about this all the time. If you don't like the overall product, you... I will always be, you know, you're, you're unforgiving for all the little pieces that screw up. Mm-hmm. Whereas we enjoy Walking Dead enough to, to get past the episode where you're like, dude, set the parking brake. Come on. Oh, well, it's the, it's, it's when you have yeah. like, like, like the, like the one or two good episodes of a show can skew yeah. the, mm-hmm. the very like baffling, like just lapses in logic. Yeah. It's like when you really like the movie Guardians of the Galaxy, you overlook the fact that they dance at the end. No, it's when you really like it is because you can't figure out why that scene is so stupid. <laughs> so, anyways, hey, did anybody see that um, that Suicide Squad Squad got uh, upset this week? Dethroned. I uh, guess well, it's not really upset. Well, and well, it's also one of those things too. With as well, last weekend was terrible for it too. It just happened to be number well, one in a really bad weekend. Well, it, it like second weekend it dropped sixty percent. Yeah, but with no competition, it was just the top. Well, there were failure competitions and something like Ben Hur, which made eleven million dollars for a picture that cost you one hundred and fifty. Right. It, it, it uh, Entertainment yeah. Weekly this week, especially for a movie that at this point, like I have heard not a single good thing about from anyone. Every, Everybody every single, says it's the same. It's okay. Every single person I, I know okay. who saw it was just like, eh, meh. Well, it's funny. I think everyone I've heard is either meh or I, I hated it. You know, yeah, yeah, and I hated it was the other one. But I, but I haven't heard anybody apart from, at this point, uh, DC po- po- Pose Law people just yeah. trying to defend the movie. One of my favorite skits is uh, this this YouTuber did this great like conversation like as. You know, talking to Amanda Waller about the logic of a suicide squad. Like, well, why don't you just use the military? But these are villains, and if they get caught, then it's not our fault. Oh, okay. Then who's that? Well, that's the military. They're going to go with them to overseas. <laughs> right. Then what's the point? Yeah. That was that was the whole thing, is you have a, a whole squad of military. What, what's, a, what's a boomerang guy going to do? Yeah, like in, in the in the new... The, Why see, that we, we, they're meta humans, so meta humans can fight meta humans. Yeah, except they don't do anything. That's yeah. the thing what, that what, do, like, what does the crocodile man do? Yeah, what is the crocodile we, man skill? What we talked about when we did the, the review for Suicide Squad for Rebirth on commentating is that very thing. Amanda Waller has him and basically says, We're going to drop them in the middle of Russia. If the Russian military captures them, we're like, They're villains and they're right. going after something. None of them are connected with the you know American military or anything like that. And there's no documentation that they're a, a squad like that. But yeah, in the movie, they just run with a bunch of American soldiers. <laughs> and then the stupid thing, even from there, is if you have if you have an A1 special ops team like a Delta Squadron, you have plausible deniability. Yes. You, you can pull that connection where you're like, Captain Rogers just went. We didn't say anything. Look, there's no there's no documentation from it. You can look through everything. 
get Snopes, get Snowden, look through all of this. There is no official documentation anywhere in our computer system or in writing that says group. we sent this group into the middle of Cambodia to assassinate somebody. They're a rogue unit working on their own. Yeah, the, the group when they, um, when, uh, I want to say, I think it was the Special Air Service or someone, in, uh, in Qatar... In, uh, in, or, not Qatar, what's the one I'm thinking of? Super... Dubai. Yes. They literally assassinated someone who was working with ISIS in a hotel room. And it brought up all these issues, like, how can you go, you're not respecting the sovereignty of another nation stuff, and the SAS team's like, who said we came from? We just went. We just found out where he was, and we wouldn't kill him. We're just, come, we're yeah, just the, doing the our civil duty. Like, I don't know. I don't well, know what it's, that, it's that fascinating. It's like, oh, we need villains for plausible deniability, but you're still going to send the military in. But yeah, no, we, went, we went to Pakistan to go kill bin Laden, and in the end, everyone was like, <laughs> oh, and we went, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, what was Pakistan? Right. <laughs> we swear we have just a, just the sh- What are you going to do about it? Huh? Yeah, you want to step up? Sometimes you want to be the bully. There's still a lot of yeah, like 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 why did and again it's that whole like and why didn't you just like you couldn't find just people with superpowers to do this you needed villains what is what's Harley Quinn's skill there's no skill set here she can use a bat well it's supposed to be their moral ambiguity and again in the comic in in the Rebirth special there's basically the scientist that's being captured by these bad guys. And they just look at Deadshot, and he shoots him in the head. Like, he can't get captured, because what's what's in his head is more important than anything else. You either get him back, or you kill him. Whereas, if you send the Justice League, they're not going to allow that to happen. Right. They allow him to get captured and go, well, we'll go rescue him in so an that's hour. That's why you just get your own army yeah. of metahuman. Like, oh, well, we, found, we found another guy who could run really fast. He's not the Flash, but he has the same powers. <laughs> okay, here's what I don't understand about the, the uh, DC uh, Cinematic Universe. This is, this is the one thing that really bugs me the most. If Batman's been around for 20 years, right? Sure, sure. Then how come in Man of Steel, when Superman and, and Zod are fighting, and, and Gotham is only across the bay... From yeah, Metropolis. So it's five miles down. Five miles. completely different city. <laughs> you, 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 you could take a ferry ride across, right. across the river. But it totally different and completely and, different idea. And, and I'm Batman sure has the, a, the one day the Gothamites looked out their windows and went, it's like, oh shit, thank God that that's not over here. <laughs> My question is, why didn't Batman intervene? Because he was well, retired. You, you, you just asking all these questions, Rich. <laughs> well, isn't he just running around? Like, no, he's retired, isn't no, he? No, the yeah, the point. He, yeah, was in, he was in. He was in Metropolis that very moment. Oh, so those shots. Secret, were, secret, I haven't seen Batman with Superman, so those he, shots of him were he, in Metropolis. Yeah, he yes. was in Metropolis, okay. Batmaning, but without the suit. Well, it's, just the same, being, it's the same thing as right. anything you're reading, If you're reading Green Arrow right now, saving you're kids. Green Arrow and Rebirth, there's it's basically the story of this group that uh, kidnaps people and then puts them through some horrible process, and they become zombified, and they become this guy's army. And Green Arrow's fighting him with, with a couple of bows and arrows. And Black Canary's there. But this is a group that has a gazillion dollars. Uh-huh. They're destabilizing the world economy. They are, uh, they're into sex trafficking, human enslavement. If you're Green Arrow, you'll pull out and say, hold on. Uh, hey, Superman? Yeah, can you come punch a building? Yeah, you no, know, all these guys in here are bad guys. Just punch it. Thanks. Okay, bye. You know, and then, all these things they have to justify this thing. One of the things they came up with with Batman, one of the character traits of Batman saying I don't work with anybody else, was a way to get out of that that question every single time something happened in Gotham. Right. Why doesn't Why is Bruce not calling Clark? Hey, hey, are you busy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you come pick it? Yeah, the Joker's in the car behind me. Can you just pick it up and throw it in the river? Cool. Thanks. I mean, it's one of one of the best things when. Uh, when Ollie comes back in Green Arrow, this is about a year after, when his son Connor gets shot. Yeah. And they're, they're on a boat, and Connor's dying. And Ollie, the, the panel is Ollie just to the sky, screaming Clark's name. And instantaneously, Clark shows up, 
picks up Connor's, I got him, and takes off. Right. And goes, you know, faster than the speed is down and goes to the hospital and saves his <laughs> life. Which wouldn't have killed him. Yes. Superman. He's got a thing. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, think about it. Think about it. With physics, if Superman is traveling faster than speed, like, he's got the, look, the question has already been, he's got that force field. Whenever he's that fast, there's a bubble around him where the air goes around. Whoever he's carrying is from But anyway, it's one of those things that anytime anybody's in danger, you just kind of go, doesn't... That's why That's why Superman can take Lois on romantic flights in the high atmosphere and she's fine, because he's got that bioelectric force field. Was that John Byrne doing that? I think it was in the John Byrne story. Yeah, it's funny when they come It's like I said, it's why he's bulletproof. Right, yeah. If Barry Allen was given a federal marshal's badge, he could shut down every meth lab in America in 45 minutes. Sure. <laughs> and so you have to come up with these sort of weird things. Again, no, Barry, the, the run, the meth. Yeah, the, the, the run of the green That's arrow. That's why he runs so fast. Uh, me as a part of it, the, the, his, his kind of new version of Speedy, this young woman, and she has, she ends up contracting HIV. And you just sit there and go, Nobody in the DC universe has figured out how to stop AIDS. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you have AIDS and HIV and AIDS in the Marvel universe, and you're like, really? Hey, Tony Stark or Reed Richards? Hey, Reed, hey, you want to not visit the negative zone and maybe cure cancer? I can't, honey. I have to find out what a nihilist is doing. Well, this that's... isn't a threat, but let's go explore. No, cure cancer, Reed. That's why you got to leave those. That's why you never mention it. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Why you never mention it, or you have super diseases. I can't yeah. The answer to the question I heard. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Uh, somehow, somehow Alexa Your Amazon So Alexa is also confused. She's confused about the DC Marvel? She's confused about the DC movie universe yeah, as well. It's, it's the, and that became a whole thing in, term, in terms of uh, Mark Grunewald writing Squadron Supreme was if you had a team like the Avengers of the JLA, they just solve everything. Right. And you're done. And Authority did that too. Mark Miller and, and uh, Grant, uh, Warren Ellison and Mark Miller with Authority sort of like, yeah, we would have, we would have solved hunger. Hmm. Well, you can't just build crops in the middle of the Sahara. Why not? <laughs> well, busy. it throws off the balance of the earth. Yeah, because we're feeding people. And you know, too busy woo. fighting supervillains. Exactly. Uh, and that was what the excuse was. You know, Superman never had the time to make the Sahara into a belt because Darkseid is threatening the planet every two weeks. Right. You know, like, Reed okay, can't Reed can't sit down to do cancer because he had to yeah. figure out how to stop Doctor Doom. But you just you, and they got to work their regular jobs to pay the rent. Yeah. So, right? yeah, so at the end of the day, you see those episodes, those, those issues where Reed's like, "I'm just going to play with Franklin all day." You just want to go, "Daddy, can you cure cancer, please?" Look, all the look. But I don't know anything about Marvel. We know how many scientific laboratory robberies they have. That's, That's true. right. Nobody can get the job done every time somebody's right. On the verge of curing cancer, boom! Robbery because somebody wants to become a lizard monster or grow Aim, ten arms. Aim took it. See, Reed did. Reed did. Cure well, that cancer. doesn't work now because Aim is actually a company for good. Now that Roberto Acosta has bought it. That's true. And, it's, it, and again, it, it, some of these tropes that get turned on their ear uh, when Joe Casey was writing Wildcats and Wildcats 3.0 with Dustin Ewan where the Halo company, which is run by an android, yeah. who is built off of the <laughs> from alien technology, comes up with a battery that you never have to replace. It's like, <laughs> here you go. Every car battery and everything else is, is fine. You only have to buy it once, and you never have to do it again, and he's going to change the entire Earth this way. And, that's, and, and so it's a story of, like, how does, where do we go from here? And he's trying to get to the point where if we can solve all these problems. We can solve hunger and the energy crisis. Imagine what we could do after that, where we don't have to worry about how we're going to, to feed everybody, how we're going to power everything. Mm -hmm. We finish that, what's next? Now we can look at, maybe we can go to Mars, because we don't have to worry about getting enough crops to feed children in Africa. Maybe we can go to, to Neptune, and get out of space, and all this other type of problems that are even bigger. And so it's fun when they kind of reverse those tropes, but also when you read it, you're going, don't you think Reed is an altruistic human being? He's like, guess what? I solved the world's power crisis. Done. <laughs> what am I going to do tomorrow? Cancers done. So super what am I doing after that? We've been to the move a moon a billion times. There was a city on it for a long time. <laughs> there's there's a city sitting yeah. on the blue side of the moon. Yeah, JLA. We have teleportation technology for you guys. Where's the rest of it? You know. Uh, well, okay. Well, we can't build them fast enough. You have Superman and Flash, who are the fastest people. Superman's not an engineer. <laughs> yes, but John Henry Irons is, so he has to give him the plans, and he can read it real fast. I'm pretty sure he could go to engineering school you faster than everybody. You don't want uh, you don't want uh, 
horrible Star Trek esque transporter accidents. You don't want <laughs> you don't want a bunch of two vixes running it, around. It worked for uh, <laughs> it worked for the JLA. For you don't so want many years. Uh, you don't want inside out pig lizards like in Galaxy. Quest. So what you're saying is superheroes aren't heroes. Superheroes are dumb. <laughs> superheroes are jerks. <laughs> And on that note, we're going to wrap things up. Just <laughs> want that Superman standing up there going, I could save the world, but I'm yeah. going to go write a story. <laughs> I've got to sell newspapers. <laughs> Golly gee. Lois looks hot tonight, so I'm not going to put out those fires that are all across the world. <laughs> so on that note, we're going to wrap things up. So this was episode 150 of Nothing. The show about yeah, nothing. Pretty, pretty sure that... Uh, that this was our the, Seinfeld episode? No, the toy episode might be the only one that's worth it. <laughs> we, we tackled some interesting subjects. There was a lot, yeah. Hey, we uh, Ryan Lochte's going to be in Wizard World. 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 We, we, that, and people bro. should be very concerned about this, because I have no idea what he's doing. <laughs> We've discussed. He's going to destroy a sign, bro. I'm going to be was intoxicated he, uh, hours and after. And that, that's, that's that begs the question. Pee. Did he get invited before? Or after. Well, there's a, there's a great shot. My friend Doug put it. There's, a, there's an Us Magazine thing. It's like American Heroes, the Olympics, and it's Serena Williams. Like, Serena Williams, for the first time ever, failed to medal at all. Yeah. She didn't win a gold medal in either singles or doubles. Uh, Carrie Walsh Jennings, who had her unbeaten streak beaten, beaten. Uh-huh. and she won the bronze medal. Because they shot um, that newspaper. Yeah, that's like, Gabby like Douglas, who, the only two things that Gabby Douglas is remembered for is that she didn't put her hand over her heart for the American anthem, and she's standing on her hands looking at her phone while her teammates are going, woo, screaming for uh, Allie Reisman and Simone Biles, and Gabby Douglas just sitting there like, cannot care. And then uh, Ryan Lochte, who of course causes an international in- incident, may have cost Los Angeles the games in 2024. As there's this growing anti-U.S. sentiment because they hate Ryan Lochte and the people that he left behind, and then there's the, I, I don't and then think... there's the triathlon woman who was the first U.S. woman. Yeah. <laughs> like one hero out of all these. Other ones. It's like I'm looking at this thing going, none of these people should have been on the cover. Not one. <laughs> you get after like where's Katie Ledecky and Michael Phelps and uh, the relay team. <laughs> well, where's the where's the uh, the um, the uh, fencer the chick. Yeah, she was on it. Yeah, were the were the wrestler the, the first wrestler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first the first wrestler the first first U.S. women wrestler to win anything uh-huh. and all this other stuff. No, there was great stories after. But yeah, this was obviously the cover yeah, was made no, before yeah, because all of these seem to be best bets. And Ryan right. Lochte, to a general audience, is more known than someone like Michael Phelps because he had that terrible show on E, <laughs> which was covered every week on the Soup with him just going, bro, bro. Check out all my shoes, bro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna navigate. Do you see that when he's talking about shoes he's designing and he can't remember half the yeah. items of the shoe? Like, so the, there's the thing inside right here. And I think that's it's the tongue of the shoe. And I love the bottom. The well, sole. he was asked in an interview. So, what can a woman say to get your attention? And he goes, "That's a good question." One of the dumbest people. On <laughs> what the fuck, man? One of the dumbest people on the planet. And the only time I found Seth MacFarlane funny in the last five years <laughs> was his SNL weekend update skit where he's playing Ryan Lock. Feels so weird being like being dry. Being dry. dry. It's so weird to be dry. I just want to see them juice. What juice? juice. You want a juice box? Yeah. You better. Yeah. Let that show good. <laughs> <laughs> and go on, which was a show on NBC starring Matthew Perry at the time, where everyone was known as Goon. Like that show, So make sure you check us out on oh. Facebook.com slash Nerdables. We're also on Twitter at Nerdable Show and hey, Instagram. Right. We are at Nerdables. Did you do Instagram today? No, no. you're just paying attention to the show because <laughs> Travis isn't here, so all of a sudden he, wanted, he cares. He wanted to, he was waiting hey guys, for that. you know that Travis isn't here this <laughs> But Sebastian is. I am here today, so. Yeah, they, hey, hey, Sebastian's here. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Hey guys, you know Sebastian showed up today. That's a weird thing dry. That's a weird thing dry. <laughs> that should be the name of this episode. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>